welcome to Tabula Rasa, bitches. All right, hello. 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 My name is Allie. And I'm Nick. And welcome to episode three of Tabula Rasa, bitches. We're so glad you are here. In Tabula Rasa, bitches, you'll listen as two decades-long friends jump back into the world of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and relive the show that brought them close together and taught them so many of the values they still cherish today. And side note for our friends, we will be discussing this episode, spoilers and all. If you haven't watched and don't want to hear spoilers, hit the pause button, go do your watching, and come on back. We can't wait for you to rejoin us. Yes, exactly. And each episode of Tabula Rasa Bitches will dive into an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and discuss the lessons that can be learned from our favorite Sunnydale warriors and the supernatural creatures they use their talents and friendship to overcome. Today we'll be discussing Season 1, Episode 3, Witch. Nicholas, would you like to give us a summary? I would be thrilled to give you a summary. So... This summary is shamelessly stolen from our friends over at Buffyverse Wiki because they are brilliant and wrote a brilliant summary and I would like to borrow it. So, when students start dropping out of cheerleading tryouts by spontaneously combusting, going blind, and losing the power of speech, Buffy and her posse suspect a powerful witch is in their midst. Buffy herself soon becomes the target of a deadly spell as they discover the witch's true identity. Meanwhile, Xander finally musters up the nerve to ask Buffy out on a date, but in the throes of a witch's spell, Buffy's response isn't exactly as he'd hoped. That is a fantastic summary. Um, Does he ask her out, or does he ridiculously beat her on the bush? And, uh, yeah, he did basically what I did in high school, which was like, I'm just going to shower them with attention, and hopefully they'll understand what I'm talking about. Classic, a classic mistake it's from a high, high school, school selves. It is a hundred percent accurate high schooler move. Is it effective? No, but is it true to the character? Absolutely. So I will say, just to start off, this is one of my all-time favorite Buffy episodes. Really, I didn't know that. It is. Um, I, I don't even know. I could. I'm not even sure I could put my finger on it. It's just. There's something so classic about it, and it's a little bit different because it's a witch instead of a vampire. That's, you know, the main bad for the episode. And it's just got some classic moments, and they're really starting to gel as a team. I don't know. I don't know. There's just something I really love about it. It is uh, definitely, I I think it's the first time we see a non-vampire baddie, so it's exciting in that sense. Yeah. Um, And I mean, it's in the context of things... It's only episode three, so that is pretty early to um, introduce other things. But this is the first, it seems like the first non-vampire thing that Buffy has fought. It's cool that it takes place mainly at school, too. Mm-hmm. See the see the world's kind of, I mean, in the first episode we saw that because the dude got killed at school or whatever. But this is, you know, the the supernatural forces are affecting the other students which is neat yeah and it is and it is all going down at school whereas like the guy was killed after school and the vampires were at the bronze or you know so they were like talking about stuff but the action and fighting and stuff was happening outside of school whereas yeah you know the hands on fire happens in the middle of the school gym in front of everybody so pretty pretty quickly becoming a little difficult for the student body to ignore Although, 
of obviously we'll we'll see that they do for the most part because what else are you going to do um i will say i loved right at the start of the episode i was cheering for buffy as she was sharing that she was going to be a cheerleader oh i didn't even play that that was good nick i <laughs> love how unapologetic she is about trying for the cheerleading squad giles yeah. is like no you can't no 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 but uh she says and you'll stop me but how you'll be stopping me how <laughs> yes, I do. And I do love that moment. And I do love the bait and switch of like, you know, we start just hearing Giles, like <laughs> submitting yourself to this cult. And then Buffy just like, what? You don't like the color? <laughs> I love that. And it is and it is a little sad. I think this whole, kind of this whole episode and this whole her effort to join the cheerleading squad is sort of her last ditch effort. To hold on to her old life. Because mm. um, cheerleading was a big part of her her school. Last time we'll hear later her mom say, you know, the trouble started just after you stopped cheerleading. So I'm glad you're taking it up again. So it's really just her last, last grip on trying to be normal. And of course, her job as Slayer getting in the way and making that impossible. Of course, somebody spontaneously combusts right as she's trying to engage with it for the first time. Um, <laughs> right. I have to say, since you noted it in a previous episode, Allie, I've been paying more attention to people's clothes, and mm -hmm. I want that button-down that Xander is wearing. Xander, mm. you were right. Xander has some nice style. He has some fun stuff. Yeah. And I don't know if the fact that 90s clothing is resonating with, I don't know quite what that means, but I'm not going to think too much about it. And I'm just going to okay. say, the 90s, the 90s like are back. It. You're allowed to like it. It's cool. cool. Great. Um, speaking of clothing, I think it's really funny that, so they're at the cheer tryouts and, and Willow says something like, oh, you were pretending that scant seeing scantily clad women in revealing postures was somehow a reflection of school spirit or something like that. And you're looking around and it's like scantily clad, really. It's like biker shorts and sports bras. It's really <laughs> funny that that's what passed for for scantily clad. It's like, oh, I, oh, oh, look at all these belly buttons. Oh, <laughs> clutching my curls. <laughs> yeah, the, I, it doesn't these... even register in today's modern context of like scantily clad. Yeah, this is not. Yeah, this is not scandalous right now. Um, I wanted your feedback, Allie, as a former high school cheerleader yourself. Mm -hmm. Give me a perspective on the routines that we see in this episode. Well, as a matter of fact, uh, my very next comment in my notes is her dance moves don't match the music. <laughs> um, when Amber, who they're talking about like, oh, who, what does she think she is, a Laker girl? And oh, she turned them down. Like her dance moves don't match the music. So that was frustrating. I mean, yes, you're, she's, you're she's not impressed. Clearly, she is clearly very talented and like, you know, her high kicks and she's got rhythm and. And I, this could totally be one of those production things where they asked her to put together a few moves and then they put music together later or something like that. It could totally be one of those things. But watching it, I was definitely like, mm, okay, okay. I will say um, I do love their classic sort of old-fashioned cheer uniforms, the sweater with the skirt. I think it's so classy. It's so cute. Um obviously very different than a lot of the cheer uniforms we see today definitely more modest again talking talk about old standards of what scantily clad was but i thought the routines were good especially the ones we see later with the palms and stuff i thought those were very cute and very cheer i mean obviously the sunnydale cheerleaders i'm not gonna 
you know, will win any competitions. Their stunting is very minimal, but, you know, still, still good. And they could definitely yell and they were engaged with the crowd. So I thought that was all really good. Uh, my next note, though, when Amber's hands light on fire, does no one know stop, drop and roll? Yeah. <laughs> I see this so- all the time in movies and TV. And I, for us growing up, it was in like infomercials or whatever. I feel like stop, drop and roll was smashed in our faces and I never see it used. Like, I I don't understand. I wrote that um, I am so glad that Buffy was there because she is the only one moving with yes any sort of haste. Yep. Everyone else froze. And that is a real thing in times of trauma or scary stuff like freezing is a thing um my dad saved one of my brother's friends lives when he was choking on some pasta being a stupid teenage boy getting a whole mouthful and like not really chewing and a room full of boy scouts totally several of them eagle scouts totally froze boy scouts yeah yeah yeah. presumably yeah so, yeah, exactly. Presumably, like, trained in first aid and, like, that kind of thing. All should They all should theoretically know the Heimlich Maneuver. And my dad had to had to rush in and perform the Heimlich Maneuver. Bruce Press, good I job. Know. I know, he's good a hero. Work. He's a hero. Wouldn't that... Oof, that would have been a traumatic childhood thing. Seeing your uh, your friend <laughs> choke to death in your living room. Choke to death on, on pasta, too. Um, I... I wrote that um, in addition to being glad because Buffy is moving with a lot of haste, there's right at the end, she is hugging Amber saying, it's okay, it's okay, everything's going to be okay. And I just need Buffy in my day-to-day life (laughs) just for that. Just for that. So many times a day, yeah, yeah, where I'm making a big deal about something. And if she could just say, just rub my shoulder. Right. Right. Or or envelop me with a big blanket like that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take a big blanket too. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. I could always use a big blanket. I love that. I would like that. Um, I have a note here. I'm sorry to um I think you were about to say something, but I have to interrupt with this because this is good? good. I am going to dear listeners, be on the lookout for our social media because I'm gonna post a screenshot. Speaking of Allie in her cheerleader days, oh there God, was one up. time I don't know the context for this. I don't remember the context now. Do you remember that time you wrote on my Facebook wall, Allie? Uh, yes, I do. And I cringe. <laughs> I cringe every time it comes up in my Facebook rewind thing, whatever. Or it used to come up in my uh, what was that app that I deleted because time I time hop. Ex- time hop. That's what it was. I deleted it because then I because I broke up with my ex, and I was like. I don't need to be reminded of this BS time hop. Thank you very much. I had time hop. I checked it religiously every day for two years, two mm-hmm. years, and it had the counter. And then there was, and then it messed up. I did not miss a day, but it said that I missed a day and it recounted my count all the way back to one. And I hit them up on Twitter and they didn't fix it. So I then deleted it. In protest. But, so, all right. So go go ahead. Read the quote. What did I, I write on well, your wall? So I, I tried to find it so I could do justice to the exact phrasing. It had the word bitch in it. And I, I texted you a picture of it before. And I went back into our text messages and I searched for bitch. And... I scrolled through years of text, Sally. Year, do you know how often? Well, we if you s- sent me a screenshot of it, it wouldn't show up in your search of 
of words. You would have to look at our pictures, our shared no, media. No, I, I sent it to you at one point just with the caption, bitch. Oh, okay. And then I tried to go through just our pictures too, Allie. Do you know how many pictures we send each other back and forth? It's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, that, hap- that happens when you're best friends. Um, Let me see. I'm looking, I'm looking through mine now, seeing if I can find a screenshot of <laughs> my dog is not happy with me. Sorry, bitch. Speaking of bitches. Sammy is here, too. <laughs> I, Of course, I find one of my favorite pictures. It's these two, like, Shakespeare-looking dudes. Um, So I have this one picture that I, I constantly keep on my phone because it never ceases to amuse me. So it's one guy, and he's like, what if the Earth orbits the sun? And this other guy's like, what if your wife orbits my dick? <laughs> and it's like every time I see that fucking picture, it just it amuses me every single time. Okay, well, the quote, it was something like... I'm a cheerleader. A- I look down on people like you now. Yes, exactly, exactly. I assume it was in response to something sassy you said. I guarantee it was not unsolicited. Well, I was going to say, I bet I deserved it. And then I bet I deceptively edited out the context for it right. when I reminded you of it. But that's just who we are. I don't know. I'll find it. No, and, it is, and it's, it's especially it's funny because I was I was a cheerleader for a year. And what did I do after cheerleading? Marching band. I was the leader of the geeks. So clearly I did not have the social ranking to make such a comment. And of course, if you did not know our history, you'd be like, what the? Who talks to other people like that? <laughs> You'd be horrified. But for us, it's hysterical. Oh, yeah. And completely in line with how we communicate. Cussing at each other is a love language. It's a love language, for sure. Okay. Um, My dog is getting belligerent. So let me go let her out before she, like, pees on my rug in protest. One sec. Oh, yeah. We can't have that. Okay. And I'm back. Okay. Where were we? I will make this comment every episode. The Buffy theme song is timeless and incredible. It's lit. It's excellent. It will never get old. Um, so my next thing is, so they're gathered in the library, the Scooby gang, discussing what's going on. And I love Giles getting so excited about the prospect of a witch or something non-vampire-y. And they all look at him. And he goes, pardon me for finding the glass half full. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thrill of living on the Hellmouth. Right. There's a veritable corticopia of fiends and devils and ghouls to engage. Good for you, Giles. Exactly. Yeah, you know, enjoy your job. You have to, you know, you have to find enjoyment where you can. That scene is chock full of excellent quotes. It's another one of my favorite Xander lines. Um, I laugh in the face of danger. Then I hide until it goes away. <laughs> I like Willow's coining them as the Slayerettes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Iconic. That's very, it's very classic. And I, we move into the the next scene with uh, Buffy getting home. She's talking with Joyce. I definitely did not get her jeepers at the fertility statue when I was young. I I don't maybe maybe I thought maybe I thought it was boobs or assumed it was boobs or something like that. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Now I'm like, oh no, that's a penis. That's a giant. Oh, yeah. It's a giant penis. Yeah, that's a dong. Yeah, yeah, yeah just a big old dong. I um. I don't like this scene. I like that we revisit it, that Joyce revisits the mistakes she makes in oh, it. I love that. I have a note about that later. Yeah. Uh, but as I was as I was watching, taking notes and kind of, I guess, forgot that that we do revisit it later. 
um, I, w- I was just feeling like, like, man, this theme of parents trying to live out their glory days through and their just parental kids. pressure. Yeah, absolutely. And great quotes of your platitudes are good for all occasions. And I'm not in trouble. No, not yet. And then she's like, no, I that's not what I meant. And as I as a woman uh, in her, her late 20s, contemplating, you know, I can't actually put a time a time frame on it, but, you know, contemplating having kids. Now I'm just like so on the parent side because like I can't even imagine trying to deal with some of these situations. So I'm like, she's I'm sure she was trying the best she could. I'm sure she was trying to find the best wording. But I also totally see Buffy's side of like, I don't I don't know what else I can do. I'm not in trouble. And like, you don't even know all the stuff that I have to deal with. I'm sorry if my history test is not top of top of my list of priorities. I think this is definitely one of those where as I've gotten older and watched it, I more see I'm still not thrilled with how she engaged here, but I more see like I I do relate more to having a million things, juggling a million things, trying to maintain a house and this mm-hmm. new job. And it's the first big project at the your work and, you know. Yeah, well, and and I can that that whole parental comparison of, you know, Maybe you prefer your friend's parents or you wish your parents were more like other parents. You know, when she mentions that, yeah, Amy trains with her mom, you know, like six hours a day. And Joyce is going, sounds like her mom doesn't have a lot to do. Oh, and I can so see I can so picture that situation. And I, I was lucky enough to have my parents very involved in my life. But I know part of that, especially my mom, came from my mom was one of five. She did not have individual Mm. time with her parents. So my mom made a concerted effort because that's something she lacked to be involved in, you know, shepherding field trips and that kind of thing. So I can absolutely see that reverse. Or I hear about so many, so many of my friends who are either artists or they're LGBT and they're just not accepted for whatever reason by their parents. And so they have to find surrogate parents. And that's that's a goal of mine as a parent. I want to be... I want to be that parent to my kids' friends who, if they are lacking at home, I can step in and do that kind of thing. Or just be a second mom. I have a bunch of second moms and my best friend's parents. And I I love that because sometimes that whole like hashtag parents just don't understand. Or it's easier to hear from somebody when it's not your parent. Yeah, for sure. Your your parents were I kind of adopted your parents in high school. They were the cool parents. They uh, I could. They gave me advice. They let me hang out at your place all the time. And they do. I've been yeah. I've been so very, so very lucky. They have tried so many times over my life to embarrass me. And they just not a good they don't do a good job of it because what I constitute as embarrassment is like how my friends feel about it. So it, it, my mom could dance on a table. And as long as everybody else was like, "Woo, yeah, Julie, I'd be like, all right. But she'd crush it. She would. She would. I know for a fact if my mom danced on a table, y'all would be stoked. <laughs> Julie, you're amazing. So we've talked about maybe having like our favorite quote of the episode or top favorite quote. So I think we're going to have to have two categories of like our favorite quotes and then maybe the episode's top Cordelia quote, because that's just she always has these amazing ones. And I think the top Cordelia quote for this episode is we have to achieve our dreams, Amy. Otherwise, we wither and die. (laughs) Uh, Cordelia I just I I love I love this scene and the one right before it first of all I love for once seeing Cordelia want somebody else's approval that's Mm. just amazing to me 
Um, I love when Amy trips over her and Cordelia is like, you saw that, you right? Saw that, right? Right. You saw that. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and this was another question I have for you, Allie. OK. I don't think it ever. I imagine nobody threatened physical harm. But that scene in the locker room mm -hmm. where Cordelia is like, if you messed this up for me, did it did it get that tense in the cheerleading world? It did not get that tense in the high school theater world, which is the only world I know. No, not in the theater world. Um, I don't know. I didn't really stay long enough in the chair world to speak to our specific school. Uh, I also wasn't one of the cool kids. I didn't get invited to like the sleepovers and stuff with the other cheerleaders. So I guess I wasn't ever really a threat, enough of a threat to anybody. Um, I'm sure it does. If you want to call out them by name, I'm sure our listeners are willing to dox them. The people who <laughs> thought you weren't cool enough. Well, they never said so much in enough words. It's all that like possible deniability. Like, well, I know that Allison got invited to the sleepover, but I didn't. Um, which was fine because they I mean, there's a reason I chose marching band over cheerleading. You know, like I didn't have. Yeah. Uh, Allison was my only friend because she was she was smart and like actually intelligent and stuff like most of the cheerleaders on the team at the time were super stereotypical. And I was just like, yeah, I need to go where my people are. <laughs> oh, high school. That made the decision for me. I think I learned more from marching band than cheerleading ever could have taught me. And I think I probably I don't know. I feel like I would have pulled some hair at some point. So perhaps it got tense, but we're not sure. Interesting. Correct. That um, makes sense. Yeah. So moving on, poor Willow with Zan all of Xander's talk about like, will you ask her out for me and all that stuff? It's just. You're one of the guys. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're one of the guys. Uh, like, oh, poor girl. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I am happy that that gets dealt back to him later on in the episode. The same thing that he did to Willow. The Oh, oh for sure. you're one of the. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and another one of my favorite quotes, which a friend put on a shirt for me one time, for I am Xander, king of Cretans, may all lesser Cretans bow before me. Um, I the, wrote that down too. That's so great. Yeah. So this is something that you can speak to. It's not specifically to cheerleading, but the anxiety and excitement and the drama over the posting of a cast list, not a team list, but a cast list for theater. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about you, but you would always, I don't think, I don't know that I was ever surprised when I actually saw a cast list. I could kind of figure out, I don't know. So I was never surprised, but I always had a certain way that I wanted it to, to go mm -hmm. play out. And then, and then when it doesn't play out that way, just being, well, and then by the end of high school, they started posting it online, which was the smarter which way to do smarter, it. Which was smarter, which I so preferred that. But that everybody's gathering and you have to be like positive and you have, you have to control to be your like, emotions and like not be too upset in front of everybody or wait yeah. or wait to, to see it when you're by yourself. And say what you will about our high school theater teacher. I definitely understood 100 percent when she would take off the day. Oh, yeah. When she would post a cast list and then take off the day. Yeah. Don't stick around for that. No. Yeah. Nope. That. I, I agreed with that with that move. Um, I wrote, I'm not sure if I'm jumping ahead here. There's the first time we see the witchcraft actually happening. Mm -hmm. I commented, the witch has a sensible French tip and good for her. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to be cursing people, you may as well have a nice manicure. 
I definitely did not notice that, but that's so funny. No, the comment I had about her sorcery was, I can so imagine getting so, well, when we first see it, we don't know that it's not Amy, but I can imagine that upset and like horror if you found out that your parent was destroying your Barbies in such a way. (laughs) Like those are precious to some people. It's high school, but. There are some things you hold on to like, yeah, I'm not playing with them right now, but do I want you to destroy them? No. So I just like that, that awful feeling. I did not consider that for one single second. That is so funny. (laughs) You're right, though. Those are precious. Right. Maybe those were collectibles. I don't know. I was going to say, too, a lot of them you can't get anymore. Right. Um, Another great quote that comes up when they're again in the library. Why would someone target Cordelia and Willows? Maybe (laughs) because they met her. Did I just say that? <laughs> which I, think, I see which I see you have on your, your quote list too. Well, and I think that's my favorite quote of the episode. It's a pretty solid one. We've all had um, a moment of like we were just a little too honest and just slipped out. The I lost my thought. My dog is grumbling at me. Stop it. Sammy made me lose my thought. Keep going, Allie. I love Drunk Buffy. Macho, macho. I want to be a macho man. I love that. Yeah, I wrote that I know it's super bad and stuff, but when she's singing and when she, when uh, Xander and Willow walk in and she's like, my friends! <laughs> yeah. Buffy, Drunk You is really adorable. It's, it is. It's adorable. It's because, yeah, it's funny until it, serious and she's dying but before before that it's very funny i also know it's super bad but that scene where cordelia is driving blind is also hilarious to me i did have a like continuity i guess story kind of question of like it he said the teacher says she's flunked driver's ed twice already she's a sophomore how has she already flunked twice (laughs) yeah that's impressive really how early do they let you take your your driver's like your permit test in sunnydale i don't know i don't know if you can i don't know what your learning to drive experience was like mine was not cute i can relate to the feeling where you're behind the wheel and the person next to you goes break 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 yes of course yeah Yeah. of course mine was like i I am i am breaking i am Honestly, the best thing my parents ever did was when they paid for me to have extra hours with the instructor so I could get my hours. And that was lovely. Yeah. Wow. I did not log any of my hours. I knew that I had gotten them because I was crossing county lines to go to school every day. So I for sure got to 60 hours pretty quick, (laughs) but for sure did not. I hope the DMV isn't listening. I hope they don't come and take my license. I really don't think you're what they're worried about. Okay, good. And you're I'm definitely take your not. Word for it. You're definitely not the first or only person to make up and write in hours. Thanks for being my safe space, Allie. You are so very welcome. Did you have to dissect anything in high school in the way that our Sunnydale students had to were dissecting a frog? Yes, in I guess it was senior year. I took anatomy, and we dissected a cow eye, a fetal pig. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I think we did rat. Um, The cow's eye was really cool because it turns out the back of it kind of looks like a seashell. It's this very shiny, very pretty. Like you could make jewelry out of it and just like never tell anybody it's a cow eye. Um, I thought it was super cool. I found dissecting very cool. 
I know not everybody's into it. And obviously it didn't smell good, but I thought it was very interesting. I would have been horrified if you put a frog in front of me and told me to. I, I don't think I could do it. Honestly, I truly don't. Yeah, there were some people who, well, I think most most people because it, it was a class we chose to take. You opted um, into I, it, yeah. Or not all of us did. Some of us, I think it was maybe, I don't know, people who were pre were planning to be pre-med in college and stuff like that. And so they needed it. But for a bunch of us, it was just like the science we chose to take. So we knew that we would be dissecting. So we went in with that expectation. Yikes. There's a quote here that I relate to. Um, I think it's at the same time as the uh, King of Cretans. I am the less whatever. Mm-hmm. Um Xander says, I got to stop taking Polaroids of her outside of her bedroom window. And I wrote, (laughs) this is relatable because I do the same thing to Allie. Yes, you do. I will never forget. I don't even know when it was, but in the middle of the (laughs) night, in the middle of the night, I know you, and I, because I talk about, I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. In the middle of the night, you texted me, you look beautiful while you sleep. And I read it in that like half awake, half asleep thing. So I was in that moment, like, how does he know? How does he see me? I'm on the second floor. How is he seeing me? And then it seriously took what felt like a whole minute to process like, Allie, he doesn't literally have to be seeing you to type those words. Classic One of my favorite moments from us. Um, Willow's face when Buffy calls Xander one of the girls. Yeah. That's just like kind of satisfied, like excited, like, haha, okay. Priceless. Not upset about that. Um, I loved how quickly Buffy put it together when they're at Amy's house and they're meeting her quote unquote mom. And she's like, "Ah, the students, what are you going to do? And it's Giles is still like, how could you not know what your daughter's doing? Blah, blah, blah. And Buffy very quickly goes, Amy, you're Amy, aren't you? She switched bodies. And I love I just love that because it's just she's not just strong. She's smart. And I and I think that goes a lot into her her as a slayer. Yeah. Um, I like, I think she sees the brownies on the table and then makes the connection Mm -hmm. to how, and, and yeah, it is just. From that one conversation where Willow said she and Amy used to have brownie pig out fests. Yeah. Get yourself a slayer that's not only strong and a leader, but it's also brilliant. Well, I think that is part of what gets you chosen because you do have to be quick Mm -hmm. on your feet and resourceful Mm -hmm. and all of that. So, yeah, I have a note. Probably the only time Willow and Xander will go to a basketball game. (laughs) That's funny. Um, I love during this sequence, this this feels like really nice character development for Giles kind of stepping into to like a like a fatherly Mm -hmm. kind of thing. He gets so he um, when he lays her on the lab table, he takes his jacket off and makes her a pillow for it. It's just very sweet to me. Absolutely. And and even before leaving Amy's house, the way he picks her up because she's gotten so weak. Yeah, definitely the start of that father figure role. Um, and speaking of parents, I love once they're, the bodies are switched back and the mom's all pissed off. She's like, I gave up my life so you could drag that worthless carcass around and call it living. It's like, oof. <laughs> I mean, that's a talented actress. <laughs> she was as great. Soon as, yes. As soon as she called Amy or Buffy, whoever she called a brat, I was like, you bitch, I'm so excited for you to get sent into that statue. I can't stand you. Yes, I do. Like, definitely from a shop talk perspective, 
when an actor has to play multiple roles, like, you know, pretending I am my teenage daughter in my body, that kind of thing is always so very impressive. And hats off to her. I should have looked up her name, but uh, all of you can do that. So I have a question. Okay. We learn that Amy and her mom switched bodies months ago. Mm -hmm. This is not a new thing. Amy has been like they've it's probably but, how so, she lost all the weight. But then why is she such a klutz in the beginning and knocks over Cordelia? Oh, OK. So I do have an answer for that, because when she's upset, she's upset after the klutz stuff and she's talking to Buffy. She says, but I can't get my body to move like hers. Oh, I think maybe there's some yeah. of it not being her body. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. I think you're totally right. I was just There's something wondering just about like her coordination in that body. She just can't get it to to work right. Well, and I think that helped back up the idea that not only not only do your kids have different interests than you do, so you can't expect them to be into the same things you are, but also just literally their bodies might be different. They're, right, their like, actual, actual abilities. Uh, very interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I have property damage. When they're fighting in the in the lab and a whole bunch of like glasses get broken. I'm just like, that poor school. This is a small town. I guarantee they don't have a huge science budget. <laughs> These are the things yeah. that I think of when I watch television. I hope they have a good insurance broker, at least. Oh God, I hope so. Probably not. I don't know. Oh, OK. Also a weird thing. Giles says, I hope it worked. This is my first casting. Lies. You filthy fucking liar. You... You're a liar. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe that's one of those reality things of like, maybe when they wrote this episode, they didn't quite have fleshed out his entire backstory. But we will learn he has dabbled in witchcraft and sorcery and that kind of stuff. He has definitely cast spells. Maybe he means it's the first time he's casting this spell. Certainly not his first time, but casting a spell. Maybe he means to it's the... You know, back to he's really starting to care for Buffy. Maybe this feels like higher stakes because he really Maybe. loves, yeah. you know, he cares for his slayer. Who knows? Who I, knows? I uh, picked up, yeah, a little continuity thing, too. Um, oh, opening sequence alert. Mm -hmm. There's the when Amy's when it gets reflected back at her mm -hmm. and she uh, she's like screaming because the spell is hitting her. Mm -hmm. That's in the opening opening sequence yes we it is before. yes there's a bunch of that in the bunch of this episode in the opening sequence because you see the cauldron being stirred you see the black the cat drinking and the, oh, yeah, the yeah. black cat jumping out of the trunk mm -hmm. i forgot about the black cat that's true too i hope that cat's okay i hope he went to live with amy and her dad i think the cat's probably fine the cats are usually fine um so we come to, gonna... we come to that moment where we're revisiting joyce and buffy and she said, and I think it's so big of her. And this is where she does get an A plus in parenting where she comes in and she's, you know, I've been thinking about it and I just don't get it. I think there are some and she says something along the lines of, you know, I think there are some things that, you know, I can't understand about being a 16 year old because I'm not a 16 year old. And I think that's a huge thing. Yep. And I see you have it. Um, you have it written in the quotes because it, it's just. That is such a big thing about parenting that I think maybe our generation is going to be better at than previous generations. Admitting your imperfections because you're going to make mistakes. Your parents made mistakes. Goodness knows. So it's the I think the biggest thing is not not making mistakes because that's unavoidable. 
It's about how you react afterwards and admitting that, yeah, I'm sorry for what I said because I fucked up. And so that's huge of Joyce to do that. Yeah, I really like that, too. I was not happy with her when it all <laughs> went down. But then but then, yeah, circling back. And um, I, I feel like it's just great modeling about how about how parents will make mistakes and and, you know, how they can move through those mistakes and continue to engage with their kids, even when they're in very different places. I really liked that. Yeah. And too. I and that's and that is where I do truly love Joyce, even when I don't love everything she says or everything she does, you know, she is 100% trying her hardest and everything is coming from the best possible place. Mm-hmm. Um, she sure does. That's the most you can love. Most you love can her for. one and only daughter, the only daughter she's ever going to have. Yep, ever, ever. Um, and then the last, <laughs> thing, the last note I have for this episode is, I'm thinking of getting fat. Hello, aren't we all, Amy? Yeah. Aren't we all? Like, what, yeah. if, what if I just let go? <laughs> and then I think Buffy says something back in support of that. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I think that's it for the spring. Or yeah, something. exactly. Yeah, I think that looks yeah. in for the spring. <laughs> uh, good thinking, really. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Allie, you're right. This is a great episode. It right? really is. So many great moments with all of the characters, you know, really seeing um, Xander stepping out and his big crush on Buffy. And it is interesting, a lot of his comments of like, oh, I should just be a man. I should just ask her out. And that doesn't really pay off because we he does mm. continue to have this crush on Buffy. And that definitely factors into his opinions of Angel later on. Um, I think that clouds a lot of his judgment. But he never does. Or maybe it's late. Maybe it's later. But I feel like he doesn't have a moment where he does really come out, lay it on the table. Will you go on a date with me? Mm-hmm. Which again is yeah, totally, I... totally accurate to a high schooler. I get it, but that's interesting. Yeah, I don't love how the uh, how how it all. I'm I'm looking forward to thinking through that episode with you through the episodes to come, mm-hmm. where he's like continuing to wrestle with this crush. Um, yeah, definite high school boy, isn't he? Oh, Xander, but we love you for it. I mean, I was, I feel like I was very much the same. I have always been romantically inclined, so I've always had crushes and stuff. And junior year, um, I made moves. But again, I still never directly asked this person out. But I invited them over to bake for a friend's birthday. And we, I invited them over to watch movies. And I rem- I'll never forget when I was kind of, I guess, venting or whatever to my parents and saying, you know, I feel like the ball's in his court. Like, I've made it very clear that, like, I want to spend time with him and all of that. And my dad just said to me, well, have you literally told him I like you or asked him out? And I was like, well, no. And that's why my dad was like, well, then you haven't done everything or you haven't been as clear as possible. Bruce Press. I know. Although I did find out years later, he did know that I had a crush on him. So I was like, okay, cool. So my advancements weren't, like, totally unnoticed now i mean it's a good thing we're close friends now and had we tried to date or if i had tried to ask him out he would have said no or if he had said yes it would have been terrible would have ruined our budding friendship and it would have just been a bad idea it never would have worked out um but at the time uh junior year Allie thought it would have been a match made in heaven i'm glad things worked out the way they did i regret that i led you on Allie. <laughs> 
I was. You've been talking about me, right? Yes, this whole time. Yep. Great. I thought so. Yep. yep. Um, what do you think? I struggled. I I struggled coming up with the moral of the story for this one. Um, so I'll share what I came up with, and then okay. you can offer your thoughts as well. The moral of the story that I see is that you are your own person. Some people are going to want you to be different, and you can't be different. You can only be you, and that's awesome. <laughs> that's great. I mostly agree with that. I would refine that a little to say specifically your parents. Your parents mm. will have expectations of you, and that's that's just a fact of life. And also, it's more of a theme than a moral of the story of just parents. Am I right? <laughs> mm. um, I feel like that's a huge thing. I feel like a lot of parental relationships come to a head in high school because you're starting to become a person with your own thoughts and feelings and you're gaining independence. Some people are driving now and those kinds of things. And you're starting to pull apart from being totally under your parents' wing. So I feel like that's where a lot of clashes with parents happen. And it's where you're starting to, you know, figure out what do you want to do with your life? What do my parents want me to do? What do they want me to major in college? What clubs do they think I should be in? All of those things. We we came from a very academically inclined high school. So there was definitely a lot of pressure in that arena of which colleges to apply for. How many colleges? Mm -hmm. How many APs are you taking? Are you going to take the AP test? All of that. So much parental pressure. You know, for better or worse, I think some there are definitely parents out there who don't put enough pressure, who aren't involved enough, but it can definitely swing in both directions. And something I have in the back of my mind, too, is I'm thinking about the rest of Amy's trajectory and there's Goodness ups me. and downs, but she's a badass. She's what she decides that she wants to do. And I don't want to spoil too much for our listeners who may not. Yeah, but. She's damn good at it. She doesn't always use her powers for good. Yeah, but she's without a doubt. Strong at what she does. So yeah, without a doubt, powerful. And it is a, her her side storyline is definitely interesting and could definitely and definitely plays into this larger idea of Buffy being a metaphor and how much of this situation with her mom affected those things down the line. You know, what is this instability in her youth with her parents fighting and then ending up with her mom and then, you know, ending up with her dad who her dad seems lovely, but that's still instability. And some of that is enough to just shake a person. Totally. Um, and even just shake your views of your parents like, well, my mom was a literal witch. So I don't know if I just like trust parents in general anymore. Um, Brilliant. What have we not discussed that? you would like to about this episode, Allie? We got everything. We got everything. We went through all my notes. We went through all of mine, too. How yeah. about that? Um, I don't love the bracelet from Xander. Yeah. That's a little weird, right? It was the weird, but I think it's it. supposed to be weird. Yeah. I mean, that's the point. And probably high school boy new to crushes doesn't know what you're it's like, supposed to do. And it is yeah. a very sweet gesture. And yeah. There's a concept that came, that was brought up in How I Met Your Mother um, where it's all the romanticness of a gesture is all in the eye of the beholder. Because if Buffy had been secretly crushing on him, she would have been in love with that bracelet. She would never she would be sleeping with it on. She would never take it off. So that's a great point. Yeah. Which is very is very interesting. Now, luckily, she was spared that because it was stolen to curse her. But uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, like if Willow had gotten that bracelet, she would have loved it. It would not have been seen, yeah. seen as weird at all. She would have seen it as super sweet and super romantic and as an excellent gesture. To be fair, relatedly, if I'm annoyed by somebody or if I don't like somebody, anything they do, anything, right. I will find offensive. Yeah, it could be totally a reasonable thing. Yeah. But no, everything that they do is awful. Interesting. Life lessons both from Buffy and from what? How much mother? Hmm, lovely. Well, Allie. Yes. I think that about does it for this episode. I would love to thank everybody so much for joining us. And I hope you will join us again for our next episode where we will discuss <laughs> season one, episode four, Teacher's Pet. Yes, I'm very excited for the conversations we're going to have that one. I think we're going to have a lot to talk about. If you are just too excited to wait until our next episode to chat, send us an email at tabularossabpod at gmail.com. You can also say hello to us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at, at tabularossabpod. I love the consistency of all of those handles. Thank you very much, Nick. And if you would like more from me, Ali Press, you can find me at alipress.net at daughterpick on Instagram and Twitter, D-A-U-G-H-T-E-R-P-I-C-K, and at future black cat, spelled like how you think, on TikTok. And I'm not nearly interesting enough for you to be interested in following me on Twitter, so you should instead go to Allie's Buy Me a Coffee website, which is what? Aw, thank you. Buymeacoffee.com slash Allie Press. Glorious. And all of those social media handles are in the description, our friends. So until next time, all of you make proud, make choice, some proud choices. choices. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Tabula Rasa Bitches is hosted by Ali Press and Nick Mercer, with music by Inflaton Cult, artwork by Charlotte Fleming Design, and consultation by Evo Terra. Mm-hmm.